Sip, I'm Sam. This is the Sip and Sam Showdown on HuskerExtra.com. Sip, how you doing? Good, Sam. How are you doing? I'm all right. Hey, everybody. This is going to be a really fast and furious month on HuskerExtra.com. Lots of stuff with recruiting uh, that's going to be happening. There's going to be visitors. There's going to be uh, O'Shawn Mathis committed over the weekend. He's not going to be the last one, folks, that joins the Nebraska football program. The Nebraska softball team is going to be navigating the NCAA tournament. And the Nebraska baseball team is going to try a last-ditch effort to make it to the Big Ten tournament here in Omaha and then try to win it so they can get in the NCAA tournament. So we're going to have tons of stuff on HuskerExtra.com. Subscribe. The app is terrific. It's right there on your phone, and you can customize it to the sports that you like. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Zip, let's start where a logical place. Let's go back a couple of days, and then we'll go to the biggest news, which was yesterday. But let's start with the good news. O'Shawn Mathis commits to Nebraska. The pass rusher from TCU, according to one website, he was the number one uh, you know, transfer player in the portal at this moment. There were, you know, Caleb Williams was probably the number one transfer who went to USC, but that was earlier this year. Mathis was the number one guy left in there. Uh, he gave sort of an interesting press conference on, uh, on Saturday about it. Uh, we know he got a good NIL package. Seems like a pretty good deal for Nebraska, that they might have gotten maybe the best pass rusher they've had in years. Well, they got, yeah, they got like a win. I mean, it's, you can't really brush it aside as in even close to inconsequential because because think about it if they lose that and the reaction of the fan base if they lose that to texas just another loss another reason why you can't trust frost right i mean the conversation turns incredibly negative at least you avoid that and by the way i think they got a pretty good player you know he looks i mean you watch the video he oh, has yeah. the credentials six foot Five two sixty, he can as you've noted. Hold, I think he can, he's a player that can hold up against the run. He's just not a pass rusher. I, I like it. I think it's pretty appealing, actually. What his mom has said, which she doesn't talk about the reason. A lot of people like to portray this as Nebraska won a bidding war. I think that's oversimplifying it. I think there's a lot. There's a lot of other things that Nebraska offered to O'Shawn Mathis that were maybe even more important than that. Sure. Now, he, he, he ain't coming here for free. Um, I get that. No. But there was a lot of other things that his mom and that O'Shawn himself cited as reasons that had nothing to do with that. Let's talk about infrastructure for a second. Infrastructure. I, I think the reason that people anticipated Nebraska would win is because of NIL. But let's be clear that... When you look at the landscape of NIL over the last 10 months, if there's one thing that is true about Nebraska is that they were a first mover in this landscape. They were more organized, mm -hmm. right? The university was kind of figuring it out. And then Jared Lambrecht, who is used to be Frost's chief of staff, went and worked for ABM. And they, that organization was pretty on the ball early on. Mm -hmm. I think it would be fair to say that Texas's operation is not there yet, mm -hmm. and that they have a lot of question marks mm -hmm. about who's getting what and who's doing what and what Sarkeesian's doing. And at Nebraska, the infrastructure is better. So even if Frost has had an interesting year, uh, and we'll talk more about that in a minute, the way that they talk about academics, the way they talk about student support, the way they talk about you know health, mental health services, the way they go through everything at Nebraska, that infrastructure, that apparatus is really, really solid. Mm -hmm. And it's part of why Nebraska is able to make good pitches to athletes. That's good, yeah. It's because it makes it seem as if, you know, like you're not just coming to a school to go play football, but there's a holistic element to it. And I just don't think Texas has all that figured out yet. Well, I think Texas has had a lot of changes. And as a result, then Nebraska's message is more organized. I think Texas's message probably wasn't as good on I that don't front. know what Texas's message was or the level of organization, but you're right about Nebraska. And 
those things you mentioned coupled with their NIL package, if you will, and the way they present themselves, it, it is. I mean, I've been in the offices. You've been in the offices. I don't know if you've been. I mean, Jared, it's a very structured environment. Right. It's not just, hey, you come in here and we'll get you some money. I mean, it's, it's not that, that. There's learning involved in that. They teach these student athletes about what goes on, right. how they should comport themselves, who to deal with, who not to deal with. So, yeah, it's a... Uh, Jared has has put Nebraska in a pretty good position for now. For now. Yeah, right. I don't think that I think Nebraska is going to have to continue to expand and let's be honest, they're going to have to get more collectives involved. And I think that's probably going to eventually happen, collectives. but the amount of money that is going to be concentrated at some of these universities that have more Fortune 500 companies, more, you know, well, you know, well-heel boosters. They're going to be in a situation where they're going to be able to raise a lot of money. And Nebraska is going to have to do it probably with better organization and better messaging and those things because it's unlikely that they're going to have USC money. USC will probably be able to raise more money than almost anyone else. You should. You're, you're right next to Hollywood and you're right next to, you know, a corporate America. Fortunately, there's really no program in New York City. Like they don't have, and fortunately, Chicago. Maryland and Washington D.C. Yeah, that doesn't. I mean, it's a long ways away. Mm -hmm. Chicago, Northwestern. So I think there's an advantage in that some of these major American cities aren't that into college football, but L.A. is, and so I think USC will be ahead in that way. So Nebraska is going to have to be really strategic with how it uses its transfer portal money, the NIL money, and they're probably going to have to raise more. And they're going to have to keep selling the other elements that you referred to, like O'Shawn Mathis's mom referred to um, the fact that they were so attentive, Nebraska, to, to their family. Right. Um, that it was a whole... Infrastructure. Yeah, it was a whole staff that greeted them and welcomed them. And for instance, when they watched film with Mike Dawson and a couple of the other assistants, it was the family that watched it. Right. It was, it was his brother Bruce, his sister, and his mom. They, they, and his mom was really struck by that. You know? So that's, that's just good recruiting. That it has is. nothing to do, do with NIL. Um, that's right. And Nebraska's package is really good. And she mentioned also, Sam, the community. Yes. Um, she felt safe. It was a, it was a, it was a place she, she could send her son that she felt safe. And she don't want to get too close to the message boards, but yeah, that's fair. <laughs> but you know, Vince Gwint is there now, and I think yeah. that's part of the setup. And so Nebraska will will have an advantage here. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna they're gonna be good at this. And I've said this before that like, and for kids who haven't graduated yet, they're gonna they're gonna put a plan out that this says you will walk away with a Big Ten degree. And not every school is gonna be like that. Mm -hmm. Some schools are gonna be like, you can play football here. We don't really care if you get a degree or not. You know, yeah. Nebraska will do the holistic thing and they'll be very effective of it. Now, let's let's go to Frost. He he got a one year show cause mm -hmm. and a five day coaching suspension mm -hmm. that has to be served between at some point between the start of training camp and the end of the season, which I kind of understand to be if they make a bowl, in theory you could do it in December. Um, Yes, now, one thing let's explain about a show cause. Oftentimes, a show cause is seen as a uh, scarlet letter in college athletics. Here's why, and, and it doesn't really apply to Frost. A show cause means that the penalty that is applied to the coach follows the coach regardless of the school that the coach goes to. Mm -hmm. So, in other words, a coach could, uh, like Will Wade, did lots of things at LSU. He could get a show cause, and he can't just go coach somewhere else and not get the penalty. Mm -hmm. 
In Frost's case, he's going to have a five-day suspension. And in theory, if Frost decided, I want to move on right now mm -hmm. and go to some other school, Kansas State or wherever, mm -hmm. he'd have to serve the penalty there, too. Mm -hmm. That's what a show cause is. Mm -hmm. And so it's not, it doesn't mean, it's not like a death penalty thing, and it's not, it's not exactly the scarlet letter people think it is. It's no. just that it says the penalty will follow the person versus being attached to the institution. And Nebraska's already agreed to this. So Nebraska's already agreed to the five-day suspension. It's going to happen. That's part of what you get with a negotiated resolution, and that's where it's at. Do you think there's a greater takeaway other than they're going to be without their head coach for five days? Or is, 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 it, a, is, it, a, is it a knock? Is it, a, is it an embarrassment? No, because in the... Because I think you have to place this in the context of what happens around the country, mm -hmm. which which is it. Analysts push the envelope all over the country in terms of what they do. So we have to get into what what the wrong what the wrongdoing is here. Right. Nebraska used an analyst um, in inappropriate ways. He actually coached players oh, yeah. on the field, um, had had direct contact with them in meetings. Things that are technically no-nos and shouldn't happen, or not supposed to happen. Now, again, very common in college football. Um, the use of analysts is widespread, and you know they're, they're coaching. Mm -hmm. um, now, is it, does, it, does it suggest an element of sloppiness? Mm, I don't know. Or is it just to suggest that someone turned them in and there was, there was video and the, the NCAA had no choice? I don't matter. think anybody turned them in. I think um, the NCAA reached out. Let's well, leave. According to the NCAA, somebody reached out, mm -hmm. and then compliance went and reviewed the video. And there you go. So that uh, it's hard for me. And to... Compliance isn't going to isn't going to skirt that. Like no. I get it that people are like, well, why did Nebraska do that to themselves? Well, come on. I mean, that's not the NCAA. Compliance is what you do. Like that's <laughs> right. They have a job to do, and you can't expect them to do it some other way. It's yeah. It's a it's a fairly odd conversation, as most NCAA conversations are. A lot of college football conversations have just, they've, it's, they've, all, they've always been kind of odd, but now they're more odd. Yeah. I mean, are we judging Scott Frost's character on this? I, I, it's hard for me to do that. Right. Right? He's, this isn't, you know, it's not a bunch of players carrying Uzis into a dorm, you know. Um, That's <laughs> true. This is not Dave Bliss. I mean, this is just a... Oh, yeah, agreed. You're right. This is just a guy who is... You know, and some of this is on the analyst, too, by the way. Sure. I mean, it's it's sort of interesting, the, the narrative that Frost didn't have control of this. Well, neither did the analyst. The analyst knows the rules. Right. Um, some of this is just squarely on that person's shoulders. You knew what you were doing. Um, so... But again, Sam, I have a hard time. Uh, the way I looked at it, this is this way. At about 3 p.m. yesterday, it was meh. Right. Over. Yeah. Um, now, if something else crops up, uh, and you know, you got to kind of look at it. But uh, well, yeah, they're on a probationary period, right. so if anything happens during this period, the chances of them getting hit with a level one violation are pretty significant. Right. Um, to be, watch it. The word I would use is compartmentalize. In other words, Nebraska has to compartmentalize this. It's it's a thing, but at the same time, they have to they have to focus on their season. The five day suspension, you know, uh, the only thing I can say about that is I'm sure they know who exactly their head coach will be during those five days. It'll be yeah. Mark Whipple. Yeah, and we I would think. think. I yeah. would hope. And what I, I hope he doesn't overthink that and think, well, let's do something else. Like, no, just go ahead and go with the guy that's been a coach for 20 years. He'll he'll be fine. You know, in it. Probably a bye week, right? 
Presumably. Yeah, probably a bye week is what yeah. you're looking at. Presumably you would do it that way unless you were confident enough that you were going to play in a bowl game by the time your second bye week came around and so that you would apply it <laughs> yeah. to the to the after the season. But then you're getting into recruiting, and that's tricky. And so my hunch is it'll, it'll happen during a bye week. But it's still, I mean, that's not easy to not be a part of it like and just be completely yeah. away from it. I'm sure that will be really, really hard. Yeah. Even during a bye week. It was hard for, oh, I mean, you know, Keith Williams was suspended for a different reason. But it, but it was hard for him. Mm-hmm. I know it was. Mm-hmm. Watching games on TV. And Frost won't have to do that here. You know, he'll be able to coach all the games. Unless they, unless they make the bold choice to decide to do it like during North Dakota week or Georgia Southern week. Would you risk that? Would you be like, hey, you know what? We're playing North no. Dakota. No, 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 no. Let's That's just do it now. Sends a terrible message to your team. Okay. I look at this as a, it's more, you know, Sam, when you get down to it, the, the penalties are more, a little bit more than a slap on the wrist. I was a little surprised by it. They were, they, I can't characterize it that way. Whatever a notch above a slap on the wrist right. is, that's what it was to me. I would say, and so the, the, the last topic I want to kind of try to tackle here is that this is just another thing that when you, when you pile up Nebraska football, Nebraska men's basketball, and Nebraska baseball, and baseball is not as much a part of this, mm-hmm. let's be clear, but those are the three, probably the three biggest men's sports, and they stand in contrast to the success of the three biggest women's sports, which I would say are volleyball, women's basketball, and softball. softball. Some people would disagree with that, okay. but, but I, I think those are probably the three that are the analogs here. Um, and so, like, but it stands in contrast that, like, those three programs, with the exception of the baseball team's sort of sudden surge last year, there hasn't been a lot of good news around those programs. You know, like, there just, there just hasn't. You know, the football program has been kind of one thing after another. It feels like a lot of drama. Mm-hmm. With the men's basketball program, they just haven't been very good. I don't know that there's been a ton of drama, mm. but they're bad. Yeah. Well, and baseball's much, they're, they're the most. They're the the biggest worst surprise of all three of the teams. Yeah, I was, no one expected this season. No, we are talking about Nebraska men's athletics. At I, Sam, I've been you, you've been doing this almost as long as I have. I've been doing it for thirty three years. You've been, been doing it a little longer. Okay. Yeah. It is the most unappealing conversations I can ever remember having. Yeah. In thirty three years. Mm-hmm. Now that's why I love that. People watch us, but it's I, I know what they're watching sometimes, yeah. and I feel for them. I mean, we're not talking about about particularly uplifting subjects most of the time. Now, that's why, going back to O'Shawn Mathis, that was a win. Mm-hmm. That was a legitimate win. Yes. And when he put that hat on and, and celebrated on Twitter, um, it felt pretty good for Nebraska, I bet. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of cynicism you can attach to it and all that. But they got the guy. They got a pass rusher. It'll be exciting to watch him. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's one thing about football that I love is when a pocket collapses. Right. And, yeah, and, yeah. and when the pocket collapses and there's big arms in there swooping. <laughs> right. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, you, you, your juices get flowing. Yes. And maybe that's what I think Nebraska it looks like they have a few pass rushers. Maybe we'll see some. I think Garrett Nelson's a good one, too. Yeah. How does this change? Like, how, is, is, this a, is this a larger, more systemic thing? That goes back many years, or or do we as the media sort of focus on the tyranny of the urgent, and just get mired in the last two or three years of mistakes? Or is there an arc that we're missing, where there's like a bigger story here, and eventually they're going to come out of this the other side, but that they just be. had to go through a big adjustment period? That's what you hope, but you can't. It's hard to. 
there's not a lot of evidence, for instance, that the men's basketball program is about to shoot to the stars. I mean, it's just, there's just right. I mean, he's got he's got to go find Fred's got to go find a score, right, or or two. Yep. Um, Frost, there's not a lot of evidence that that thing's about to challenge for the national title, right? I mean, and so I, I think we're all right. I mean, I don't think we've gone out of bounds assessing the situation. I think we've come to the conclusion that Frost program's got to focus on winning the division, right? That's, that's and, and right now, that's not a pie-in-the-sky conversation. Mm-hmm. It's not. It, they're, I wouldn't pick them, but it's not a pie-in-the-sky type situation. I think some of it comes down to sort of like, I don't know, a moral confidence, a certain confidence in what you're doing that since Nebraska switched from the Big 12 to the Big 10, yes. and they sit to a group of peers that they don't really know, mm-hmm. and a group of peers that doesn't fear them. No, there's not no at fear all. there. Um, that, that ultimately there's, there's a system there where like Nebraska just has to learn how to beat the teams that it's now scheduled to oh, beat. Oh, Sam, you hit on The yeah. people right in front of them. And so that means beating Purdue and Minnesota and Iowa. And one of the challenges of that is if you look back at Nebraska athletics for you know 40 years, particularly football, it was just sort of a given that you were going to beat some of the teams you were going to beat. And Nebraska fans never got normalized to the possibility that they could literally lose every single Big Ten game they play. Sam. And they could. Yeah. Now they can, yeah. and it's very hard for fans to wrap their minds around that. And I'll be honest, I think it's a little hard for Scott initially. And Fred. And Fred, yes. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, like I think it was hard for Scott to wrap his mind around. Do you realize that Purdue's going to beat you three out of the right. next four years? That's, I don't think that's easy. Oh, to, no, to you're right. Out. No, you're exactly right. In fact, I'm glad you invoked the Big Ten in this conversation because that's, that's been the, probably the impetus. I mean, yeah. it, it, w- there was so much excitement for it. There was so much excitement for Nebraska going to the Big Ten, but the guy I remember that was not excited that behind the scenes was, you almost couldn't discuss it with him, was Pelini. Right. You, he, I was worried the day, that I think it was a June day when it became official, yeah. and he appeared before the media. And that day, he was as surly as I've ever seen him. And I thought, this is going to be a disaster. When he gets in front of the media, it's going to be an utter disaster. I was worried. And he was terrible at first. Somebody cracked a joke, and it lightened him up. And whoever cracked that joke, I think, saved the day. Because right. Pelini knew what was coming. He, well, he knew played what in was, the league. Yeah, he, he understood yeah. that it was a much different world than, they, than Nebraska was in. He was one guy that understood it. I didn't. Doc thought they were, things were going to get better, and he was not right about that. Because yeah. remember, he thought, well, the Big 12's got better players, and we'll go into the Big 10. It didn't happen that the way. Big they actually 12, were worse. Yeah, the Big 12 had more star power, but the teams weren't as strong. They weren't. The Big 12 had Kevin Durant and, right. and the Kansas, you know, the guys that would rip through Kansas every year. Right. It had Blake Griffin. Right. Those were Big 12 players. The Big 10 didn't have that kind of star power, but they were better team, better organizations, better, you know, programs. Right. Yes, yeah, so it's, it, the Big 10, I'm glad you invoked that because that is – that's been probably the hardest thing to wrestle with. So the interesting thing, and basketball is maybe the best microcosm for this, is the ceiling in basketball uh, for the Big Ten. Is, there's, clearly a, there's clearly a cap. The Big Ten basketball teams are just not good enough to win the national championship. Point, yep. You know how we know that? Because they haven't done it for 21 years. <laughs> yeah. And they've only, and Michigan State won one, I think, in 2001. And prior to that, it was Michigan. Mm-hmm. It was Ramil Robinson in 1989. So it's been a long gap, yep. whereas Kansas has done that multiple times since. What I would say is that the Big Ten has got a cap in its ability to play really good basketball once you get to the tournament. 
but there's no harder regular season league. Mm-hmm. And Nebraska's got to get got to get comfortable with being pretty good. Yeah. And it's hard. For, I think it's hard for Nebraska football and men's basketball to understand that the floor in the Big Ten is much higher than some of these other leagues, and the ceiling might be lower. Lower, but, but the problem that Nebraska has is the floor. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, like they've they've gone into a group. There's they've gone to a different subdivision, and there's just a little bit different group of people there, and the, their floors are higher. And let's face it, we're still pretty early in the process. It is. And, it's eleven years. Yeah. yeah. And the, you know, that's the thing. I mean, we have to we have to always kind of keep that in mind that this is the early, very early stages of Nebraska in the Big Ten. And they're not really, they're not going back. No, no. There was well. There was a moment. There, in 2020, right? Yes. There was a moment. We should go back, and then there was. The, now actually, you know why they're not. Yeah, we were we were referring to it in columns. Yeah. Um, then the scorpion, Oklahoma and Texas, stung again, <laughs> and they're gone. Nobody's ever going back to the right. Big Twelve. That's, yeah, exactly right. right. Yeah, that that conversation's it's over. over. Yeah. There yeah. might be some sort of super league that you know that might crop up someday, but. Mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think Nebraska is ever going to leave the Big Ten. Mm. All right. Well, that is the, the the last part of this conversation, and this is also the last Sip and Sam showdown. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm moving on. I mean, I'm moving on to another position from the Journal Star. Um, it hasn't been announced, and it will be announced in coming days. Um, and, and it's been a. I'll tell you what, Sam. It's been something I've been wrestling with for a couple of weeks. Very difficult decision. The Journal Star, well, I worked there for 33 years. Mm-hmm. First as a part-timer, but starting in 1990, I was full-time. Um, they were incredibly loyal. It was, Sam is like, probably like you would say, it's a dream job. Right. I mean, I worked a dream job, particularly since 2007 when, when they, they elevated me to the columnist role. And really, I, it, it's been extremely, I've had an incredible amount of freedom. Mm-hmm. Haven't covered a lot of good football teams. <laughs> I know, but Since anyway, yeah, moving on, moving on, but, yeah. on and, uh, and uh, I really enjoyed this. Amber and Z, the production's amazing. You guys have been amazing. Sam, your depth of knowledge is incredible. It's been an incredible challenge, um, and, I, and I've always looked forward to this. So, but you know, just got I'm just kind of just I just wanted a new challenge, kind of. Yeah, it's nothing wrong with what I was doing. But you, sometimes you get to a point where you, you just feel like it's time for something new. Well, you know what this means. What's that? I won the showdown. You, that's, what, that's what they're saying. I won um, it. I, <laughs> I knocked you out. <laughs> right? We're both, no, you we're didn't both, knock me we're out. We're both boxing fans. <laughs> yeah, we are. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the guy that I, I'm... Uh, oh, I will miss. I'm Larry this. Holmes to push Ken Norton Jr. into the corner and finally just take him out. <laughs> You're not taking me out. I'm not retiring. So I won the showdown. <laughs> okay. That's the point here. Yes. Is that I won it, but the showdown continues. You declared yourself the. W- That's right. We're going to we're going to continue to audition folks over the over the course of the summer. Cool. Uh, so we'll have lots of special guests coming in cool. who will have kind of a showdown mentality. Uh, we will we'll, we're going to continue the pot. We're going to continue the videos. We're going to continue on with Husker Extra. We got a lot of exciting new things coming, um, and and though I will miss our our conversations, yeah, we're going to have a lot more. And so people need to stay tuned because I think it's going to be a lot of fun yeah. over the course Definitely of the summer as we tuned, we yeah. keep test driving folks and test driving some ideas. So stick with us. Hi, Husker Extra is going to be a lot of fun from here. The showdown lives on. It uh, it it won't necessarily be called the Sip and Sam Showdown. It won't be <laughs> called that, no, but it will be the showdown, and yeah. we will continue to have it. Thank you, Husker Extra subscribers.